So the World Health Organization definition of ageism focuses on these three aspects of stereotyping, prejudice, and discrimination. Hi there. Welcome to the Mind Ramp podcast. Live long and live well, where we explore all aspects of our quest for longevity, our desire to enjoy longevity with quality of life. I'm Michael C. Patterson, and as usual, I'll be joined today by my colleague, Roger Anjanson. And today, we're going to really explore the definition of ageism. What is ageism, and how does it affect our quest for longevity? Let me just give Roger a call here. Hello. Hey, Roger. It's Michael in Los Angeles. No, it's Roger way up here, Michael. I've been waiting for your call. Uh, we're at the end of the Oregon Trail, and it's cold today. Oh, it is? All right. Bundle up. But uh, you ready to talk about ageism? I am. This is one that warms my heart because that word, that single word ageism, is powerful. And it's something that I was privileged to meet the one who came up with that word and coined it. Who is it? Bob Butler. It's Bob Butler. Yes. He was actually beyond a pioneer. He was sort of scouting the wilderness of aging based in New York City. Bob Butler was studying people in their 80s, 90s and beyond. And what he told the subcommittee and at his keynote is that when one of his patients who was in one of his trials was discriminated against because he was older, because of his age, he said, that's wrong. That is wrong. It's no different from discriminating against someone because of the color of their skin. And he thought to himself, that's racism. Mm -hmm. And if someone is discriminated against or has a bias against someone because of their gender, that's called sexism. And he made up the word ageism and said, it is wrong and we need to have a way to get rid of it. Great. And he shared that story at the, this was the White House Conference on Aging that you were at. Yes, way back in 2005. I, I, I was on a subcommittee with him, and then when I heard him repeat the story that I'll repeat later today on this, the, uh, at the keynote, it really resonated throughout that entire uh, group of people who were looking for someone to lead them out of this wilderness. So the world health organization definition of ageism focuses on these three aspects of stereotyping, prejudice, and discrimination. Let's take a look at each one of those. So let's start with stereotyping. The idea is that ageism um, creates or actually relies on stereotypes of older people, and those can be both negative and positive. And uh, mostly what we're concerned with initially is the negative impact that these stereotypes have on us. Uh, But we'll also get to talking about how more positive images of aging can actually have a a beneficial effect. But 
What is a stereotype? I looked up the standard definition, and it says a widely held but fixed and oversimplified image or idea of a particular type of person or thing. Nice, except if we added the word age hyphen, we get right into the research. Age stereotype is really something that can have damaging effects, not just oversimplified. Mm -hmm. It could be actually totally wrong if there's a myth involved or if there's something that is simply false. When you have that mindset that cognitive decline is inevitable, and some people have that at a very young age, they just presume that every time they forget the name of a restaurant or they forget where they parked the car, that must be the sign that triggers a fear response that is going to presume that, okay, and I'll forget three things tomorrow and 10 the next day. And that's that slippery slope of you're really internalizing ageism because you don't have the knowledge you need to know that it's false about the inevitable decline. And just so you have to make sure you understand what to do and then you have to do it. Twyla Tharp, the choreographer and dancer, has a wonderful new book called Keep It Moving, Lessons for the Rest of Your Life. And in the book, Twyla Tharp makes this comment that as we age, there's a tendency to contract and get smaller and to pull into ourselves. And she makes the point that in dance, uh, the opposite is what you do. You try to expand and fill the space as much as possible. And she encourages us as we age to resist that idea of contracting. And that would be sort of resist this stereotype of a person that's getting smaller and smaller and declining and to dance your way through the rest of your life by expanding and filling the space and being as big and as full as you possibly can be. It's commonly thought that older brains become, and you said it, more rigid and inflexible. And if they don't believe that they can do anything, they won't grab for the WD-40 and spray it on what they think are rusty cogwheels. And once you have that combination, and I call WD-40, it's kind of a secret formula of novel things, challenging things, and things you're doing a smidgen or more at a time with purpose. So once someone has success and starts getting traction, and once that cogwheel starts getting the rust off of it, it's no longer rigid, it's no longer inflexible, and that's neuroplasticity. Let's talk about the second aspect of the World Health Organization definition of ageism, and that is prejudice. So in addition to stereotyping, you have prejudice and bias against older adults. Again, I looked up the, uh, the definition of prejudice, and it is a preconceived opinion that is not based on reason or actual experience. Bias is prejudice in favor of or against one thing, person, or group compared with another, usually in a way considered to be unfair. Well, and Michael, that sums it up, except I'd add something that unfair isn't the end of that. It should be especially important when it's based upon a false belief. That's when bias can 
really do some damage. Yeah, and so many of these false beliefs are are perpetuated by the way our culture uh, talks about old people and portrays old people in the media. It's it's sort of like they they very gently and kindly uh, state things that are now on car they're still on cards and they're on mm. greeting cards. They, I remember Gene Cohn had a, a whole pile of those that I wish had been destroyed uh, from our culture. The one of the one one of the ones he used was over the hill, right. Right, or the in the autumn of your life. They had he was he would point out that these are poetic. They sound lovely and poetic, but they're insidious. They're kind of they're they're perpetuating these uh, negative images of you know, oh he's a lovely person, but he's on the way out. See ya, mm-hmm. see ya, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> even even the term golden years is mm-hmm. something that wouldn't seem to be negative. But right now we're at this tipping point of just saying, let's make sure that things aren't misinterpreted because the science is showing that there are so many benefits that you have because you're older rather than just thinking in a negative asset mindset. Hey, did you see that terrific uh, AARP video? I can't even remember where I saw it, but um, women would say something and then after it, they would come in and say, for her age that is so good in fact we might even try to play that portion on a podcast but the think of those words for her age when you compliment someone mm-hmm. Boy, she really looks good and then just repeat the word to yourself for her age yeah so it diminishes um, the whole thing it's sort of like yeah. yeah yeah not really so good you know she's a really good painter for her age yeah there was one in there that they showed someone dancing and they said, oh, she's really a good dancer for her age. <laughs> right. It diminishes people in two ways. I mean, it's one, it's just saying, well, you're not really that great. But also, it's like there are standards that we have about what good dancing is or what good painting is. And if suddenly you say, oh, well, older people, we, we have... We hold them to a different, lower standard. Well, that's a form of discrimination as well. We should have the same standards for everybody. That's right. Hey, Bob Butler would love what they did in that video when they changed the ageism to racism. And they ask ask a a woman who is an African-American to respond to a white dancer. And they made her read the line, she's a good dancer for a white person. Oh, powerful. Everybody reacted. I remember that. Yeah, thank you for reminding me. We we have gotten to the point where we recognize that stuff with racism uh, and hopefully with sexism, but we're not at the point where we recognize when that's happening, when we do it with ageism. So there's still a lot of training and self-education that needs to go on. There sure is. So ageism starts by creating negative stereotypes about older people, and those negative stereotypes feed into prejudicial behavior towards older adults. The third aspect of the World Health Organization definition of ageism is discrimination. And the implication is that You start with negative stereotyping, which leads to prejudice and bias, and that in turn leads to active discrimination against older adults. 
So the, the definition of discrimination is the unjust or prejudicial treatment of different categories of people or things, especially on the grounds of race, age, or sex. These are the isms Roger was talking about. So we've got ageism, uh, prejudice against people just because of their age. And this applies both to uh, young and old. Roger, I want to circle back to the, uh, you mentioned the White House Conference on Aging uh, in 2005, where you met Bob Butler. He he told you a story that you recounted to me. Do you, do you know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Michael, it was one that, that I will never forget, and no one else who heard it, those in the subcommittee that was with him or the keynote. Here's what he said. He said one of his star uh, patients as well as one of the people in his clinical trial was 105 years old living in his apartment proud of the fact he led a walking group of older people uh, that walked for exercise and he came in for his his assessment not a physical checkup but simply an assessment uh, for the the clinical trial that was being run how you feel anything wrong and well first thing he said was dr bob before we go through the checklist. I got to ask you about my left knee. It's just been killing me. And he said, well, what happened? And he said, well, nothing happened. He said, I didn't fall or twist it at all. I, um, but it just started hurting. And I'm still leading the walking group. And I don't want to, to have them worry about that. So any idea what's wrong? And Bob explained to him that he wasn't an ortho, but a young ortho upstairs in the same building. Uh, had just opened up and he had met him and he would try to get him in that day. And he said, if I get you in, uh, come back and let me know what it is. So that afternoon, uh, he he went out to the waiting room and here was that gentleman sitting uh, and asked for just a moment of Bob's time. And he said, yeah, he said, how'd it go? And he said, Dr. Bob, I need a new referral. And Butler asked him what happened. He said, well, um, Nice young man. Uh, he asked me the same questions that you asked about what happened. And I told him I hadn't fallen or anything. And he looked at his chart. He looked up at me and said, well, sir, you are 105 years old, you know. And I looked him right in the eye, Dr. Bob. And I said, my right knee's 105. How come it don't hurt? <laughs> I and love that, that story. And, well, and at that point, Bob explained at that point, that's what hit him square in the brain and square in the heart that this is discrimination he was not getting the same medical treatment for something that was obviously a problem that had occurred and bob took a stand that that's something that he would spend his entire life trying to figure out a way to destroy ageism because it's the one ism that everyone of every race and every gen each gender everyone is susceptible to racism and the goal that he had was to end end ageism so to review the world health organization defines ageism as having three characteristics one stereotyping two prejudice and it Seems pretty clear that stereotyping leads to prejudice. Prejudice, in turn, leads to the third aspect, which is discrimination. 
and clearly negative stereotyping about older adults, prejudice against older adults, and then discrimination against older adults, they're all going to interfere with our quest for qual longevity. So it's very important for us to understand the dynamics of ageism. And in next episode, we're going to talk more about self-inflicted ageism and how that happens and how we can uh, try to counter not only the ageism that is inflicted upon us by others, but also the ageism that we inflict upon ourselves. If you want to learn more about MindRamp, check out our website at www.mindramp.org. That's M-I-N-D-R-A-M-P dot O-R-G. And if you're struggling with any of these aspects of the your quest for qual longevity, uh, sign up for a free consultation. We'd love to talk with you and figure out a plan. <music>